What's up, everybody? Welcome in to a 17th straight franchise worst loss in a row streak that didn't word very correctly, but y'all know what I'm trying to say. The Spurs have now lost 17 straight games, which is the worst in franchise history, worse than last season, just taking an absolute dump on my preseason prediction, Ethan. I've been I've been very humbled here to start mm. the season. Yeah, you know, I think we all have. Um <laughs> <laughs> even I was a little more, I, I don't even want to say realistic, but tempered with my expectations for the season, Jude. I think I guessed 11 to 13 uh, was my prediction, and this is looking a lot worse than even that. Uh, I think accumulatively between us, the Pistons, and the Wizards, we have one win in the last like 53 total games or something like that. So yeah. it's not looking good for any of those teams, but especially for us, because we have to watch these games, Jude, unfortunately. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself, Ethan. I think Gorilla Gorilla in two different oh. gorillas here. For mm. those of you guys who are listening on podcast, go check this out on YouTube. He says, once this post-game reaction is finished, we should all agree to never, all caps, ever mention this game again. And I agree. Yeah, I, I can... I can sign on for that june as well well i'm about to pull up the box score here ethan because we're going to go through the game flow in just a second because there's Mm. really not too much else to talk about other than the fact that this was one of the worst games i've watched all season not just from the spurs perspective but just in general like even Mm -hmm. other nba games that i've turned on you know obviously those are national tv so those are kind of going to be better but there's still been some blowouts here and there this was even a close game for most of it and it was still just one of the worst games I've watched all season because both teams um, couldn't couldn't buy a shot to save their life. There was a point in the fourth quarter where I think Shetty missed a shot bad on a brick and the Rockets mm-hmm. broadcasters were like, man, there's been a lot of bricks tonight. And as soon as they said that, they like made sure to mention, and that's on both sides. <laughs> So when the Rockets broadcasters Mm -hmm. in their biggest rivalry, and they weren't really not saying that they're super disrespectful. I was kind of noticing when I was listening to them, I was like, I kind of like these guys better than some other guys I listen to, which is surprising because it's the Rockets. But that aside, their, you know, biggest rival, even they're admitting like, yeah, both teams have been shooting awful tonight. Um, And that kind of ties into our last post game, Ethan, before we get into the game flow is, you know, in the Minnesota game, we felt like when these teams are playing bad games, that's when the Spurs team's got to catch them. (laughs) Instead, Mm -hmm. you know, we kind of just one upped them in being bad tonight. Yeah, I hate to put it that way. I hate to put it that way. Like I'm thinking about players hearing that and stuff, but it's really it's the only way to describe it, you know, like, Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're supposed to catch teams slipping, but instead we're literally descending even lower than they than they are. Like, oh, you're going to shoot 30% from three? That's kind of bad, but you know what we're going to do, G? We're going to shoot 12% from three. That's how we're going to respond. Victor Wimbanyama in the comments says, I put it up, but I don't want to cover our faces. He says, we need to stop shooting threes, all caps, until we oh. strayed for Steph Curry. Wait, <laughs> that'll never happen. So stop shooting threes. And the reason I bring up that comment is because the Spurs went a just on fire, uh, dazzling, beautiful five for 41 from three tonight. Jesus. <laughs> A, that 12.2%, Ethan, you know, that's top That's top tier. Yeah, it was really difficult. <laughs> and I, I wrote down in my first quarter 
notes, one for 11 from three to start. And I wrote that down because I thought to myself, oh, we're going to turn it. We're going to turn it around. But we really didn't, Jude. It got worse. Yes, it did, Ethan. So let's just jump into this thing. So obviously the first quarter, even though the Spurs did come out with a lead there, um, that was another ugly quarter. Same theme here. Let me pull up my notes, but I know it just kind of started with a lot of people missing open shots. I believe Keldon went 0 for 3 or 0 for 4, all wide open looks from 3 in the first quarter. He went 0 for 9 from the game overall, 3 for 14. Um, Ugly shooting start for both teams. Uh, the first time out, there weren't a lot of timeouts because of that ugly start, and Ime and Pop kind of both saw what was happening. So the first timeout didn't come until four minutes, and there were only 23 points in total scored in the quarter at that point. So that's eight minutes into the quarter, and it's 12 to 11. So that'll give you an example of um, <laughs> how bad the shooting was tonight. And literally, the last thing that I had written down for this quarter, Ethan, was ugly quarter comma spurs hit one more shot (laughs) that's literally the way that i summed it up i know at this point it was still early in the game so i did have one kind of positive thing that i wrote down obviously in hindsight there's really nothing positive to take away from this game uh but the one thing i did have written down in the first quarter is i kind of like the trey jones doug mcdermott shetty uh julian champagne zach lineup you know it was basically just two kind of playmakers out there with a bunch of shooters now we didn't see that for the rest of the game and I don't really know if that would be effective in in a different situation, but <laughs> just since we're going through the first quarter notes, that was something else that that I had written down. And I kind of did like the idea of, you know, Zach and and Trey being playmakers just surrounded by shooters and obviously Shetty can put the ball on the floor as well. But again, there's not really too much positive to take away from this game. What do you think of the first quarter? I pretty much had the same notes, Jude. Really ugly start in that first quarter for both teams. Um, only silver lining positive comment I had was defensive rotations with the starting unit was actually pretty good. I felt that we had nice hustle. We were getting to our guys quickly. Um, I, I don't know if I want to write off the Rockets as purely a bad shooting night for them. It also at times felt like we have improved defensively somewhat. Now there's still obviously a lot of mistakes, a lot of miscommunications, but you have to search for that positive, and I think that that may have been the only thing to take from from this game. Well, and to that point, as much as it is hard to take positives from this game, like four steals from Keldon tonight, mm-hmm. two from Trey, really it could have been more uh, than that for Trey. He was being a pest in that third quarter, not to jump ahead too much, but that was one point on the stat sheet, and five blocks for, for Wemby as well. Those were two areas where we were able to create turnovers because of making more plays than we normally do you know, having hands in passing lanes and and at mm-hmm. the rim, of course, with Wemby. Yeah, and it does feel like the Rockets, a lot of their points tonight came off of our turnovers or our silly mistakes. Like, they were in transition for a majority of this game, and we can't stop a team when they get out and they, they run against us. Yeah. I know that later in the game, there was a stat on the, um, on the points off turnovers on our end. Um and I guess they're saying that that the the Rockets only had four in this game, Ethan. That doesn't really that doesn't seem that doesn't seem right to me. Um, mm. But I have that up here right now, and I guess it it only says four, and it says we had ten. You know um, what? I bet I'm, in my mind, and maybe your mind as well, we're qualifying a turnover as just a really bad shot. 
that we missed. <laughs> Probably right. Like, yeah. And that's basically what it is. Like bad shot. We, we brick so many threes that that's basically a fast break. Well, and, and right. And we're basically giving them a possession because mm-hmm. of a not smart decision. Even if it is a shot, you know, it, it I totally get what you're saying there for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, moving on to the second quarter, um, 30, 26 to 32, we ended up losing that one. Uh, what I wrote down kind of just in what kind of started their run, um, at least in that at the beginning of that second quarter was their athleticism. And like I wrote, I said their wherewithal with pace, which mm-hmm. just basically means their their awareness on a break um, that allowed them to, to, to jump out with a run. And I also mentioned that I felt like uh, a men Thompson coming back for his first game in a while after a couple games in the G League. I felt like he kind of set the tone. Um for that pace and, and, and defensively when they went on that run. And then also the athleticism that I alluded to as well. Another thing I wrote down for the second quarter was once again, uh, Keldon can't buy a three. He was able to get to the the three shots that he made, I believe were all in this quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, they were. And they came at the rim. And then I think he might've got to the foul line later, but he was able to bounce back a little bit. Obviously that did not ensue for the entire second half, but this is what I have written down, you know, while I'm watching the game for the second quarter. Um, Devin finally, it took until like midway through the second quarter. This is another reason why our offense didn't get going. We, Devin Vassell did not get a shot until midway through the second quarter. Yep. And I, I think it might've even been later. It might've been like the four minute mark. I believe that's when you and I were texting. Like, I think he's only got one shot or something like that. And then we did see him get going a little bit, um, at the end of that second quarter, still not as much as you would like. Um, but that kind of ties into another point. You know, I think a couple streams ago, Ethan, not to go too off topic here, somebody asked if we had implemented anything else, you know, from alluding to the scheme and how Pop said we're not really going to run anything this year, at least for, you know, the first, you know, part of the season, it seems like. And, and I don't think that that has changed one bit uh, because we're not emphasizing we haven't emphasized. I didn't see Devin running off screens that much this game. I really only saw him score in isolation and then maybe trailing in transition. There might have been one set that we had that got him a three uh, on the right wing, and I think that was in the second half that's popping out in my brain. But mm-hmm. the whole reason I'm bringing this up is like you you would I, ideally on this team, you know, obviously Wemby, you want to emphasize him as well, but you're going to emphasize Devin, you know, getting probably the most shots on the team if we're being realistic. Um, and tonight, I know that every game with this team is so different, it, it kind of feels like, but still, I just felt like that was a giant example of how we really are not emphasizing very much on offense at the moment. Yeah, um, ditto. I think when you take a step back and try and look at it from a, a non-emotional perspective, it, it's hard to it's hard to know who to blame. Yeah. Like, part of you wants to say, Devin, you know, this is your what fourth year, third or fourth year in the league. You need to take charge, demand the ball, yeah, and be that guy. But another part of you is like, no, you know, that's not the Spurs way. We're not a selfish team. That's not the style of basketball that we have ever played. Um, is this something we can blame Pop for? Or is it simply what we've been saying all year, Jude, which is this whole season is an experiment. They're yeah. letting guys play, like you're saying. There's no scheme. Like this is just the reality that we have to live in. Um, for the remainder of the year, and it is painful. We want to blame somebody. I think as fans, we want to point the finger and say, here's the problem, because right. then it's easy. We can remove said problem, 
and suddenly we're we're back to winning games. I, I don't think it's that simple of a solution. I agree with you. I want Devin Vassell to be the go-to scorer in my eyes, even before Wemby, at least for the time being. I think Wemby right. needs to play off of Devin. They need to be Shaq and Kobe, uh, the two of them, but um, clearly it was a struggle. And, and you got to give Houston credit too, especially in the second quarter. Their defense was was really good, especially in the first half of that second quarter. Their interior defense is great. They have a lot of size. I mean, Shangun's not particularly athletic, but he's still difficult to, to, to run through. Jabari Smith Jr. is very long. Dylan Brooks is a physical presence. Jar, uh, Tari Eason, Jeff Green. Like, they have a lot of physical bodies that can kind of cover that paint. And when you're struggling shooting as much as we were tonight, that really – it just opens up it, – it, it spotlights the flaws that this team has offensively. Totally agree. And I'm realizing when I say this, Ethan, you know, as we're going through the game flow here, this was kind of how I felt in this moment. Devin Vassell ended up taking the most shots on the team. So now I kind of feel yeah. like an idiot. Um, <laughs> but I think you still get what I'm saying, because we were talking about that. Like you told me you had written that down too. like still you would expect Devin to get some more shots up, mm-hmm. get his first shot up, you know, in the first quarter, at least, you know, not yeah. not almost more than halfway through the second quarter. But the other point that you, that you hit on there when you talked about the experimentation and how that can kind of jumble things, here's a perfect example of that. And it was the next thing I had written down after Devin in the second quarter. And that was that we got Mamu minutes randomly. And it was for like three minutes. And then mm-hmm. we took him out. And then Wemby got in foul trouble and we put him in again for a little bit. But like, why are we doing that? Obviously, Zach Collins is going to be the the, the center moving forward. Here's my answer. And I know I could... I don't have the concrete for sure. This is what Pop thinks. But this is my guesstimation, and I think it's pretty accurate. Uh, we're playing the small ball Rockets, and this is actually a favorable matchup where we could put Mamu in and get a decent evaluation of him against somebody that he can actually match up with. And, you know, we were kind of joking. We were watching the game. You joked. You are like, he came in and locked up, which he did, technically. He didn't let uh, Shen Goon get a, get a shot on him, and he had some possessions in the paint. Um but regardless of dissecting Mamu's three minutes, the point is, is that is an example of experimentation right there. And it was the next mm-hmm. thing I had written down in the second quarter after after Devin. Yeah, I had Mamu as well written right after after Devin. <laughs> uh, and then the only other thing I had off after that was um, when we actually do play defense, it turns into transition points and you yes. see the youth and where we can actually be good offensively, which is in transition and then, of course, Malachi Branham was probably the only real bright spot to this game. Uh, six for 13, shooting 13 points. I know it says minus 10 in the box score, but six boards, seven assists. Yes. He was really taking charge as, like, point Malachi. Yeah. And he had a couple really impressive passes tonight and uh, was was really commanding the offense. There was mo- one moment particularly where they kind of rolled the ball up the floor and he was literally put like telling people where to go yeah and that's not something that we have seen a lot this season because we only have one true point guard in trey jones so to see somebody like malachi kind of take that mantle up um it, it was it was nice to see yeah absolutely and you know the thing that i was thinking of is it just reminded me of the little spurts that we saw last year uh when trey was hurt and also of course uh what we saw uh in his last you know kind of half season there at Ohio State like even mm-hmm. though we knew we, we knew Malachi was a two um, we also knew he was a combo guard um, 
So to see those skills get used more, and it's it's good to see it's going to come more naturally than it is to than it is to him than it is to Jeremy. Um, yeah. And I'm I'm sure that's what a lot of people want to talk about is the lineups, and we'll get into that. But I won't I don't want to get too far off of game flow. Yeah. But I didn't even realize that that he had seven assists tonight. Um, but I did notice, you know, definitely more cleanliness um, and just more like. I guess, I guess, and I know that I've been an advocate for for the Sohan thing, so I'm not trying to sit here and be like, oh, now I'm just 100% like on this and don't even care about that anymore because I did, I did believe in that for sure and advocated for it. Um, but there's just like some basic, I don't know, ball handler things that just come mm-hmm. more natural to him, and it's just because he's a combo guard. I know I'm not being very specific there, but but I think you get what I'm saying. No, for sure, and he was really attacking the rim tonight, aggressive. Um, which is something that we've we've both kind of harped on in previous games early in the year. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's only been two games, and and like I said, we'll we'll get into the lineups a little bit later. Um, but I definitely think that it just seems like this is much cleaner for sure. Agree for sure with with Malachi at the start. And I know a lot of people want to talk about Trey, and and I know I said we're going to wait till later, but I'll just get into this because this is kind of the halftime of the uh of the game flow if you will as we just finished the second quarter um if we if we start Trey the issue is is that then what are we going to do on the bench and what we saw if you put Malachi on the bench he's not his job is a lot easier because he's surrounded by Jeremy Keldon Vassell and, and Wembenyama. I don't think that he the him at point guard off the bench goes as successfully surrounded by the bench guys um because trey has experience and has been a point guard his entire life and probably as we've you know mentioned before this season you know if if we're being real about his ceiling it probably is a backup point guard um that's why you got to leave him there because there's just no structure off Mm. the bench if you take him out and i think it has gotten a little bit better with zach there obviously this game is not the example but if you go look at the last two um you can see it a little bit more I just think that those two playing together, they play off of each other better. Zach's not getting bullied as much off the bench. Um, but still, you know, only one for four and four boards tonight, two points. So, I mean, I say that, you know, like it's better. And and we're still having struggles, you know. Tonight is probably not the example for anything. But if you've watched the last two games, I think you all kind of get what I'm saying. But overall, the team is going to have struggles on both rotations regardless. Mm-hmm. So And we were talking about that before stream. So really, at the end of the day, like this season, we can talk about lineups all we want. And I was a big, you know, advocate and, and felt like it was, you know, that was going to be a big thing for us moving forward. Not just the point Sohan thing, but like just lineups in general. As we're sitting here now on our franchise worst losing streak, Ethan, I'm realizing how little that matters this season. It really doesn't matter what the, the lineups are, because at the end of the day, we're going to we're probably going to lose anyways unfortunately i mean we'll we'll get some other wins this season i'm not saying we're not going to lose you know we're going to lose out but i i just feel like it's really insignificant because mm-hmm. of the talent and experience gap that the spurs team has yeah rotations are important i don't want to minimize the importance of a rotation but at the end of the day it's the same it's the same 10 to 11 guys that we're playing and so we're not going to get that much better should we suddenly find a lineup that we just we just play perfectly off of each other? We're still playing the same talent level out there. Um, so it's not going to really change all that much. And I agree with what you said about Trey Jones. I think because he is a natural point guard, 
he raises the level of the bench guys uh, play more than Malachi would um, or even Jeremy for that matter. And yeah. Malachi doesn't necessarily need to lift the play of Devin and Keldon because they're, right. they're used to doing it on their own. Um, and that kind of leads me into that third quarter, Jude, because I think Trey Jones actually played a very good third quarter. Oh yeah. Um, offensively and defensively, he had high energy. He was fighting for extra possessions, jumping in passing lanes, getting out in transition, um, doing his best to get into the paint and kick out for open threes. But unfortunately our guys just couldn't hit threes. Perfect evidence of that was the, the end of that third quarter. We had a two for one opportunity and it was a beautiful play from Trey Jones going the length of the court, getting inside, kicked it Such out. Such like prime Should have been an assist. And wide open corner three. And my boy, Julian Champagny, um, off the back iron, no good. So it, it's things like that that just continue to happen the entire game. We could not buy a shot. Um, but some other points from that third quarter, I thought Wemby looked a little bit better, a little bit more patient, finding his shot in the low post, some mid-range jumpers, um, some solid hustle to start, uh, but hustle can only take you so far. You still right. have to execute. Victor with an incredible poster. Um, that's another silver lining to this game, I guess. <laughs> the I'm one good thing from remember. the game tonight, yeah. That's <laughs> we the forgot. only image that I that's what remember. We, that's what we will talk about after this game, going back to Gorilla's comment at the beginning of mm-hmm. the stream. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Everything else gets thrown in the trash. But other than those positives that I just mentioned, I mean, this was very much the same thing, but even worse, actually, because we only scored 15 points and the Rockets only scored 18 points. So it was just a very, very, very ugly third quarter that I don't want to remember ever again. There's two things that I'll just want to address that you said earlier, and then I'll get into the third quarter. Mm-hmm. First, you know, I, I still definitely like rotations are very important. That's not what I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I at the same time, I was kind of saying, I was just saying this season, they're less important because yeah. the wins are just not going to come easily regardless of whatever we do out there. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to say, one last thing on the second quarter, Malachi had a filthy crossover on oh. Alper and Shengun yes. where he got his legs to fall. So I guess that's the second thing that mm-hmm. we'll keep from tonight in our memory, those two highlights, that and then the Wemby dunk in the third quarter. But talking about my third quarter, the first thing I wrote down, cut into the lead, tied it, and then there was an immediate Houston run afterwards. Then I wrote down third quarter pain because that's what the Spurs have experienced this season in the third quarter. Mm -hmm. And the worst part is, like you mentioned, the Rockets had an awful third quarter. And we still lost 18 to 15. Like, this is just, this is the story of the season, Ethan. Even when we get a chance, like, here's another team having an awful third quarter. Even though you're you're minus 27 throughout the season in fourth quarters, now you're, you know, you, you still had it. You had the perfect opportunity, only 18 points, and we just, nope, nope. We're going to find a way to make it worse, Ugh. unfortunately. Uh, the other thing I wrote down was Trey cooking, being a pest. Um, that's, you know, what you talked about. This is also where, where Keldon got a lot of his steals in the game. Mm-hmm. There were like two back-to-back possessions where he was able to get steals back-to-back, uh, reading Van Vliet. Um, but the worst part about this third quarter, Ethan, listen to this. I don't even want to say it. It's so bad, but listen to it. <laughs> The Rockets had eight turnovers in this third quarter, okay? Okay. 
Guess how many points we got off them. One. Literally <laughs> one. One free throw. That is what we got off of the eight turnovers. And, it, and you know, the other worst part was, Ethan, they had those eight turnovers with a minute and 19 left in the third quarter, and they were still up nine. We just don't have the mental capacity, Jude, to to capitalize on uh, opponents' mistakes. It's no. infuriating to watch. But again, we are the youngest team in the NBA. As painful as it is to admit, these things are going to happen. Just got to keep reminding ourselves of that. But you remember hope, how we <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I'm I was going to say you you would hope that some of our older more experienced guys could could kind of take take the mantle there, take it upon themselves to go the extra mile. I'm talking, of course, about Keldon Johnson and Devin Vassell, but they went one for 18 cumulatively from three. Both of them really struggled. Um, so what can you do? You know, Ethan, and I'm not I'm not saying this to like crap on you or myself or anything, but remember at the beginning of the season <laughs> when we were doing previews, like there's gonna be no more excuses. We're, we're hey, well, done with these guys, and I'm not even I'm not even saying that that's necessarily excuses. Like we're yeah. we're pointing out that they're not playing well. Like, yeah. but it's just there's just been such like this has been. It, it, it's not a Christmas present, but it's kind of been a Christmas present that is opened, and it's just been a bunch of stuff thrown at us that not necessarily that we didn't expect but that we're just reminded of when it comes to the league. Yeah, it's a harsh awakening. This is, I think I saw a comment earlier, this is the most competitive the NBA has been. Yeah. And the Western Conference Uh specifically. So that is even maximizing our deficiencies (sighs) even more than they would normally be. And I, that I think is the biggest flaw. Like when I look back on my preseason prediction, I feel mm-hmm. like it's not us, it's more the rest of the league that that I feel like I ignored. That's mm-hmm. like when looking at like talking at it to you right now on December 11th, that's that's really what I'm feeling. But let's get to this fourth and wrap this thing up. Uh so I didn't really have a lot written in the fourth quarter. The final score was 24 to 20. Houston beat us again. Um Shetty unfortunately missed Wemby. Uh, yeah. And he overthrew Doug on a cross-court pass when he could have had Wemby in a post-up with Van Fleet at the beginning. Um, and that wasn't the whole story, but that kind of set the tone for the fourth quarter. Um, and the other thing I wrote down was lots of pickpocket steals for the Rockets. Um, that happened throughout the game, um, but it, I, I saw that in some crucial moments there in the fourth quarter. And it was it was when we were trying to dribble through defenders a lot. But there was also another time where Zach was trying to set up the offense kind of at the free throw line. And mm-hmm. Jabari Smith just, you know, got it and then pushed it. It might have been Tari Eason. I know Tari Eason finished the dunk, but one of those two ended up poking it out of his hand. It led to a wide open fast break. And, I, you know, you saw Devin even chase a little bit to try to see if he could maybe get a chase down. And then he was like, I'm not going to foul for no reason. So what did you have on the fourth quarter? <laughs> Well, uh, Doug hit a three at the very first possession. I was like, all right, all right, here we go. I think we narrowed it to four point, a four-point game at one point. But like you said, the turnovers uh, just began to pile up, and they, they extended that lead to, I think, nine. And then I just put, we cannot narrow a lead to save our lives. Um, 
Malachi Branham had his first basket of the second half with five minutes left in the fourth quarter. He didn't get a single shot in the third quarter or the first half of the fourth quarter. Uh, and he, he started off really hot in that first half. So I don't know who to blame there, but he needs to get some more shots uh, if he's playing that well in that first half. And then Tari Eason just scoring with so much ease in that fourth quarter. Are you kidding me? Well, we're taking for Ethan and Jude in the 24 draft. I don't think we have our eligibility anymore, but I would I would surely love to walk across this today just to shake hands with Adam. Silver. No, we never used it, Ethan. Oh, you're right. We, we can, never used it. Can we go sign up <laughs> We're for back. Overtime Elite for a season? Look, we just... <laughs> no, wait. Okay. Well, that wouldn't even use any eligibility, Ethan. You're, we can just go play Overtime Elite. Could we? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Could we? Yeah. 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 I mean, we could go try out. I don't think we'd even get a tryout, but let's, let's we say, could just go play. What's an outrageous number of likes, Jude? Like for a YouTube video? Uh, for us, yeah, or just, just in general? For us, for us, probably an outrageous amount would be like. That's a tough. That's a tough ask there because, like, are you, we could we could go lower than our subscriber base. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is, you know, like there's still like a chance for you to, I guess, have more on YouTube. I'm getting into algorithm. Yeah, stuff just give me, just give me a number. Let's go with 500. Okay, we'll just, we'll just go with a, a, a yeah, 500 is a good one. I don't if, think we've ever If had we it. get to 500 likes on this video, Jude and Ethan will do a <laughs> vlog of us actually trying out for Overtime Elite. <laughs> or we got to go to Atlanta, bro. I'll fly to Atlanta. <laughs> okay, we're going to. How about this? Uh, we'll go a thousand. A thousand. Okay. If we're yeah. doing airfare, if we're doing airfare, we need a little bit more. Okay. All right. It's gonna yeah, it's not gonna happen. Well, maybe we'll, here we'll make it a we'll make it a little bit more realistic. If on any video in the future for this season, we'll set a cap on it. If any post game this season gets over a thousand likes, Ethan and I will fly to Atlanta and I will get a Dominic Barlow jersey. And I will, we will do everything we can to try out. And if for some reason we can't, we will at least vlog us like talking to somebody, like trying to get in, trying to try out. And and I'll yeah. be like, look, don't you see my Barlow jersey? Like, I just want to, I just want to rep OTE, you know? <laughs> We're huge fans, please. <laughs> We're make a wish kids. Oh my gosh. Okay. Do we have anything else for the fourth quarter? Did we even I, really I finish know. that? It was, it was ugly. 20 to 24. We lost by four points in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah, just, just tough. Just tough. I don't, I don't really have anything else to say about that. Ethan, I guess before we wrap up, you know what I do? Let's talk about some positive Spurs news. Let's talk about some Spurs wins because you know who has been getting some dubs, Ethan? Who's that? The Austin Spurs. Uh, the Austin Spurs, baby. And you know who's been balling? Uh, the Big Four now. Well, see that that's very true. That's that's very true. I'm gl- I'm glad you mentioned that. But who 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 does that consist of? That would be. I'll start from the top. Not not in okay. any order. Blake Wesley. Right. That would be. Sandro Mamukelishvili. That would be mm-hmm. Dominic Barlow. And then, of course, our favorite, Chuck Bass. 
Oh, absolutely. I actually wanted to start off with Chuck Bass first uh, because he was out tonight because he's in Austin. Um, <laughs> because he he has lost a roster spot, bro. <laughs> Poor guy, because we changed the lineups. Now he's out of the rotation, so he's just back in Austin. This was the game on Saturday, um, so this was not uh, the one that Chuck Bass played in. But as you can see, 27 for Blake Wesley. 10 for 14, 3 for 5 overall, um, you know, mainly just scoring, but still one of his better games in the G League. My boy Dom Beasy at it again, 26 and 7. You know what it is. And then Sandro Mamu Kelishvili, 34 and 22, 50% from the field, almost, well, not, no, actually, that's nowhere near 50%, but 5 for 13 from 3 uh, and 4 assists in 2 blocks as well. Mm. So shout out to those guys and then let's go ahead and look at the next game they played if i can go find it here because they also played oh wait no today is monday they did a double header up there against the texas legends and they unfortunately lost ethan but we did get to see chuck bass back in the g league with two for two from three 50 from the field five assists four blocks two steals 30 points 13 boards am i dom beasy you know, it may not be crazy, Ethan, but still lowest scoring total of the season, 18, but had 12, had a block two, and Blake Wesley came back down to earth a little bit, so pain. You know what I'm noticing right now, Jude, looking at the box score? What's up? I am shocked that we're not starting CD Sissoko. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I like forgot he was on the team. That's so bad because he's actually on like a a real contract like he's not even on a two-way oh. and we haven't really been playing him that much um or i think maybe he has been playing but it's kind of just like been these type of stat lines as you see there at the top of the bench with 21 minutes um and hasn't really stuck out i saw the the spurs muse account on twitter talked about how he had raised his averages from last year um but i believe mm. this is only like the seventh game that he's played in the G League this year. So he's played less than a lot of our other guys, which is interesting. So mm. just something to keep an eye on. Another thing, don't forget, Ethan, don't forget that Charles Bediaco is a spur because I forgot. Mm. <laughs> you can I mean, never. I honestly, the other day I was texting with my friend and I just forgot like about CD and Bediaco. I'm like, they're actually on the team. And, and July 26th is, well, he says, where's Sissoko? How's he developing? That's the bigger question. But like Betty Ako also will just like randomly disappear too. But but then he'll also randomly appear. Like if you go back to one of the first games we played of the season, our starting lineup was Blake, Betty Ako, CD, Barlow. Who am I forgetting? That's four. And then there was another person who's like actually on the... T oh, and Serge Abari. That's another thing. Where's Serge Abari? Oh yeah, is he not, he's not even on the box score, is he? That's what I'm saying. Like, he must have been with the real team. It's so random. Like I don't know. Yeah, and it might just be that maybe they're like, you know, saving their NBA days for later, so that they're like not. Maybe they just want Barlow and 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 Blake to play together more. Mm. Um, Could be. But yeah, that actually does kind of have to do with some Spurs news because it does kind of feel like Betty Ako, <laughs> CD, and Serge Abari just completely like disappeared you know what i mean <laughs> like yeah. we forgot about him dude i love july 26 here in the comments just said lmao forgot about sir can we please start calling him sir and not sir jabari <laughs> just, just sir. sir yeah it's my guy sir i like that sir rice 
Sir Pump Fake. Sir sure. Pumps a lot. <laughs> no? Oh my gosh. No, I love it. I love okay. it. All righty. I think that's going to wrap this one up. I hope you guys enjoyed that little Austin Spurs update at the end. Um, as you can see, they did lose yesterday, but they got a dub before that. So, you mm. know, if if you ever feel really bad, just just go watch the Austin Spurs and it'll make you feel a little bit better. You know, it won't make you feel that much better, but it'll be like they're actually playing guys that like may have a like there's somebody playing every night. If it's not Barlow, you know, it's Bassey or it's Blake or it's Serge Ibari or CD. So go check those out and maybe you can witness a technical Spurs win. But we appreciate you guys. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight in Obviously the worst game of the season so far, at least in watchability rating and definitely for shooting for the Spurs. Mm. So hit that like and that subscribe button below to stay updated with everything. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at SSPNLYT, at Jude McLaren, and at Ethan underscore Quintero. Because regardless of how long this, this franchise worst losing streak lasts, Ethan, we're going to be here covering it. Talking about the Spurs, doing post games, suffering through it with all of you guys, but we appreciate y'all for real. We'll catch y'all later. Go Spurs go.